This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Welcome to the show, Damon. Thank you. It's great to be here. Justin Davis. <laughs> Scoop. And Nick Lamone joins us today. They keep bringing me back. Fresh, fresh back from a trip to Japan, which we'll want to hear all about in just Whoa, a minute. Oh, I didn't realize that. And I was already on a show with Nick today. Spoilers. There's no other shows. It's just GameScoop. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I don't know what Sam's talking about. I didn't about. say it was about games. <laughs> and we got a great show for you this week. In spite of the fact that it's a little bit slow out there in the world of video game news, but I think I've cobbled together some some interesting topics. As usual, I go I rely on Scoop Nation and your emails to give us uh, to spark our conversation topics. It's we'll our be... first episode of Game Cobble. Game Cobble. That's what we do. We cob- game Cobbler. We took a scoop <laughs> of Game Cobbler. That's what we did. Ooh. Yeah. Delicious. Also, remember, what was the... um. Uh, what was the game, <laughs> the game, the joke, there was like a, like gaming, like gaming, uh, jerky, what was that, it was game sausage, I think that's what it was. Anyway, <laughs> but first, uh, I saw the Mario movie, Justin, did you see Yay. it as promised? Yeah, we did see it this you weekend. Did see it. And Nick, have you seen it? I have not. I thought I was oh trying gosh. to watch it in the native Nihongo, but it's not available in <laughs> Japan yet. It comes out uh, oh, April 28th in out, Japan. Huh? Yeah, oh, so I'm, that I'm gonna been a watch fun it tomorrow. I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. Okay. okay. Well, well, I loved it, and I'll try. I'll avoid some heavy spoilers here for Nick, but I loved it. Uh, I was actually I was pretty surprised at like how deep the references went. Yeah. Uh, and right. um, even some things that, like uh, <sighs> there's some things that are just kind of like goofy and silly, and they might have been like embarrassing for Nintendo, but they could have just kept them swept under the rug. They're like, nope. When Donkey Kong comes out, the music that plays is amazing. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite moments in, in the film. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and my, more importantly, my son loved it as well. And even though, he, you know, he's only ever watched parts of movies on our TV at home. He had no idea what he was getting into. And he did really well. Yeah. He sat through the whole thing. He was a little bit impatient during the previews. Cause there's so many yeah. previews and he's like, well, I, so thought we were, many of I thought we were going to see a Mario movie. <laughs> and then the, in the beginning, there's a meme dog and he did not like the meme dog. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> after, <laughs> after that, he was fine. The mean, uh, the mean dog is intense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I loved it, and I also totally understand why it got mixed reviews. Yeah, Jesse. right. Because like you, yeah, it, you have to know you have to know the games to get it, or else it's not going to make any sense. Or else you're like, for, for your age, for a forty something, you need to yeah. know the games and you need all yeah. the stuff. For a little kid, you need to know nothing. And then in between, it's just, like, well, you're missing so much, and it's boring. Yeah, he just he just the kids just recognize the characters, and they're like, hey, there's there's Mario, there's Luigi, there's a fire flower, you know. Yeah, but yeah. an adult who has to play the games is like, why is Mario wearing a cat suit? Why does he run <laughs> yeah. with his yeah. arms out like that? Why can Peach yeah. throw <laughs> snowballs now? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, the, the movie the movie has very little, and I and I was talking about this. Like, I wish it had. So, I think on the animation and set design and character design, it's an absolute home run. Like, the movie is beautiful and gorgeous and an absolute technical achievement. It does not have any of that same ambition from a storytelling or characterization standpoint, like it's making absolutely no effort at all to like be more than what, like, you know, it's not a Pixar movie at all. We're like, there's no kind of deeper message. There's no kind of like playing against time. It's just, you know, anytime that the movie would start to slow down a little and like, Oh, we might get some character beats or some actual heart or like, it's like, Nope, like they're riding go-karts now. Don't worry about it. Like it's on to the next thing. And like, I don't know. That's okay. Like, I didn't think it was bad. I didn't love it. I thought it was fine. Thought the movie was fine. Um, and then, you know, but where where I get, take a little umbrage and get a little frustrated is people like, well, it's a kid's movie. What did you expect? I'm like, the kids movies don't have to be that way. Like examples of, I know Pixar, you said it, right? I mean, that's the thing is that the, the thing that Pixar uses to attract parents and kids and everybody Mm -hmm. in between is a, a, a certain amount of cerebral writing that's interesting plots that are like unpredictable and mm-hmm. and it's just they're just well crafted films and yeah. this was this is an adaptation of super mario brothers and like yeah. what but but like for you know us like it is fun watching for all the little things i don't want to go see it again no was, it, they didn't have that yeah. level of depth where it's like well the second time i watch this i'm gonna catch so much more stuff like it's not even that but you know what was there it was like i mean i i like seeing you know uh, punch out stuff in the background or yeah. you know yeah. uh, you know the, the just the inclusion of kid icarus is just like why is this video game being played in this <laughs> I know. out of every game oh, on earth <laughs> dude yeah like that was in that was in like the majorest of major motion picture on a big screen for everyone <laughs> to see it was so crazy and awesome yeah. And then I never, I actually didn't think about that until this exact moment, but that <laughs> makes this, that makes the NES and that makes Nintendo canonical in the Mario movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even, uh, <laughs> I don't want to think I, about it. I do think it's also insulting to dismiss something as, oh, it's just a kid's movie. Like, are you saying kids don't deserve good stuff? Because like, I yeah. feel like yeah. there's plenty good, there's plenty of good examples yeah. of movies like, that are My sister's a lot younger stores. than me. And she, she would watch movies. You know, I'm sure everybody's kids here do the same thing. 
watch movies over and over again, right? Like had a VHS tape and would mm-hmm. watch a movie over and over and over and over and over again. And there were like movies like Jurassic Park, you know, which mm-hmm. are like, there's just enough for every age in that movie. And it's pretty scary for kids. Like there's some violent stuff in that movie, but like, even when you're a really little kid, like you can watch that infinitely and find more and more each time. And that's what I'd expect from maybe, maybe other Nintendo franchises. Although I very much worry about them now. Yeah, it felt, it felt the movie felt very, very safe. Um, I will say like one thing that I loved was all the musical cues and the remixes and like good that hit me so hard. And like, you know, music, music is so closely tied to nostalgia too, that like every time I'm hearing like, you know, the castle music or just, just all of them. Well, except for the pop pop music. (laughs) I didn't, I did not need all those pop music. The Beastie Boys, which is nice for Damon and I, (laughs) I think, I think the reason that, that Beastie Boys song and that, Aha song came out the same year as Super Mario Brothers. Uh, that's the, that was the thinking behind that. So, yeah, I mean, Kid Icarus did not, though. So. <laughs> and um, so, you know, it's impossible for me to think about this movie objectively. Where, like, if I'm hearing a musical cue and, like, watching something on the screen and it's, like, making me misty-eyed, like, I can't, yeah. I'm not, like, thinking about it in, like, a rational way. And so, <laughs> like, but, like, but trying to, like, divorce myself from that you know, it, it's just the movie just sprints. Like once it yeah. starts going, it just sprints till the end. And, you know, and, and that bummed me out a little bit. Like I kind of wished for more, but, um, but man, like even watching, like if you're watching the video version of scoop, like it's unbelievable how gorgeous the movie is. Like, it's yeah. just beautiful. And that almost like just makes seeing up for a it. spiny realized in 3d and this like fidelity is just like, Whoa, it looks so good. Yeah. So some of the music adaptation stuff is kind of surprising. It'll be like the World One One music for Mario Three's yep. map screen, which is like super cool. Like in the, oh. adapted to like a jazzy background. Like you know they picked interesting songs. Uh, Mario's ringtone is the GameCube intro yeah. screen, yep. which like again like that has nothing wow. to do with Mario. So cool. Like why choose that? But I'm like that's a really good ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then after all the talk of Chris Pratt, I thought he was just, you know, he's just fine. I know I, but I actually think his relationship with Luigi Charlie Day, I thought that was actually, you know, pretty was pretty good, pretty touching. Charlie Day yeah. killed it. That was yeah, a was really good, good well, Luigi. Jack Black killed it too. He's amazing. Yeah. It's Cuba. It's Bowser. Yeah. Anyway. We had a great time like, with the movies. Scoop. Yeah, yeah. I think my last thought on this is like the most hype moment for my kids. I I don't want to spoil the exact moment, but there's it's like fine. You the, can talk about the, it. I'm well, gonna watch it. It's fine. But even for like fans too, I'll just speak about it generally. It's like there's like the way that the uh, Mario Kart sequence ends yep. was like for them the That's one funny. time that like they recognized like they're like mm. oh like they like you know they know mario and luigi and they know these characters and they actually played through mario odyssey but like that was the one sort of like for me the whole movie was like <laughs> references and was all referential and that was the one thing where like they had a smile and a laugh cuz they were sort of in on the joke of what was happening in that moment and and that was really cute that that, was, that when yeah. they got to when they made when they when they're sort of making their carts was cute yeah that yeah. was good yeah, the whole cart racing section was my son's favorite part. Yeah. Nice, really? Yeah. And then it's Nick, funny. It's like, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. oh no, I was just going to say, like, uh, like, uh, like I was originally like, it's a little weird that Mario Kart's in this movie and in it so prominently. But then I don't know how cynical of an attitude this is. But then I was like, well, but Mario Kart 8 has outsold almost every Mario game. Like, yeah. that's what Mario yeah. is to a lot of people. But the way so, they put mm. it in here was was really tenuous about, like, the yeah. Kong yeah. cart yeah. culture. Yeah. There's just, yes. It just doesn't exist. And they both it's just, okay. It's, 
Yeah, it's yeah. very strange. Hey, Damon, is there a follow up Mario experience now? Are you guys going to try a video game, or is that is this is just no well, way? He's, wa- he's he's wa- he's so he plays a lot of like <coughs> Mario Kart and Mario Odyssey. Mm. And then okay, so Odyssey. That's what I was going to ask about. Yeah, he's watched gameplay videos of everything, so mm. he he's well versed in the Mario universe. Uh, Nick, there's a mid credit scene and a post credit scene, but the post credit scene is really lame. Okay. <laughs> it's I'm going to watch it at a matinee tomorrow. Like, if it was the only reference to the thing, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's yeah. cool. But it's but, not. There is yeah. already a reference to the thing in the, in the yeah, movie. Yeah, so yeah, I think so they like, kind of mix, they, they might have mixed that up a little bit. They might have added some stuff and maybe kind of not, not really corrected this. Um, but based on, or, uh, we've got a, an email I want to go to that, that sort of a, the, the movie makes for a good jumping off point. Now I went way back into the archives. This is an email. For, well, so first of all, let's check in with the listeners. Hey listeners. Listeners. Remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at igen.com. Just like John in Charlotte, North Carolina did in April of 2020. This is an Whoa. email from three years ago. Game cobble. Uh, yep. It's the, here's a scoop of game cobbler. Says thanks for all the entertainment you continue to provide on a weekly basis and continue to three years later. Recently, I enacted a rite of passage and allowed my six-year-old to watch the Indiana Jones series. I'm proud to say he absolutely loved seeing all three, and as far as he knows, only three movies. <laughs> Thinking how to follow this up, I naturally decided to let him watch me play through the Uncharted series. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he takes wow. his oh. nine-year-old to go see uh, Indiana Jones Five, The Dial of Destiny. Um, okay, so now they're going to play Uncharted. Very quickly, I was reminded of just how much cursing there is in those games. Now I'm stuck with the dilemma. Explain to him that he'll, he'll have to wait until he's older or keep playing while using it as a teachable moment to explain why he's not allowed to use certain words, all the while praying his mother doesn't overhear us playing. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, everyone's got different parenting styles and everyone's kid is different. But like, dude, like. Those games are incredibly violent for a six-year-old, in my opinion. Like, I don't, I don't. But I just like there's people being shot in the face when you're six, (laughs) and like now you're you're a six-year-old, and you know that that's a thing that can happen. And and like and but then but then you draw the line at S's and F's. Like mm, I don't know, man. (laughs) Like, yeah. But that's me. That's that's maybe a little bit of a puritanical. Well, you know, that, whatever that this is the question he says typically when it comes to gaming i've made an effort to avoid having my kids see me play anything with excessive vulgarity or nudity though as a true hypocrite i have no problem with letting them watch me hack slash and shoot my way through legions of people and monsters so as a point of discussion for the parents <laughs> on the panel what has been your policy regarding how you've determined what age appropriate means when it comes to video games also with something like an optional voice track that bleeps out certain words perhaps make you more open to what your kids can experience uh, so for me, I, my son is three and a half years old. So like, just like Mario games are all that he's seen and the Lego, Lego Star Wars game. For like movies, he's only seen Superman and like some Disney, uh, like Moana, um, Beauty and the Beast, that sort of thing. But he's seen all of Star Wars. So he's seen a lot of laser blasted in, in lightsaber battles for sure. Yeah. I do, I do try to like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, we don't talk about death, killing, None of that. And I, when, when I was watching the Mario movie, Justin, I wonder if, if this occurs to you. Like when I put on my parenting hat, they say like kill you in, in yeah, the movie. And that, then they say hate, yep. like I hate you. And I, yep. I just think like if you're just making a kid's movie, isn't it easy enough to just avoid those words? And like, you know me, you know that I, I want my movies to be like as violent and gory as possible. <laughs> but when it's a kid's movie, it's like maybe just like I don't need my kid knowing 
I don't want to hear him say, I hate that. I hate you. You know, yeah. that's just my, that's my parenting hat on. We didn't, my girls are a little bit older than your kids and we're, we're over like the H word is out and about now, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> but like, I did, I did Mark in the movie and granted it's the villain that says it, which is a very important distinction. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to kill you. It's yeah. like very matter of fact, like, <laughs> and like that, that jumped out at me too. And I was like, Ooh. yeah, Kingo wouldn't know what that means. And I don't want to have to explain that to him now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so, for sure. Anyway, that's all. Like, you definitely like follow like for for me like you follow your kids' leads and like both of my daughters are actually like pretty sensitive. Um, that's just their disposition and that's how they are as people. And so, you know, we follow their lead on it. And so we tend to age movies down like they're happier and more engaged. We do a family movie night once a week, and like, you know, if something's too intense, they get freaked out and they don't like it and they're not having as good of a time. And so, you know. We're, we're happy to sort of take things at their pace. Um, we showed them the Goonies. <laughs> and <laughs> that was uh, like, you know, 99% of it's fine, except when, uh, except when Chunk is there, they're trying to torture him by putting his hand in the blender. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like in hindsight, like my wife and I are both like, Ooh. <laughs> the kids swear a lot in that movie too. Yeah. That's and like, and like swearing, you know, you're right. You can use it as a teachable moment, except it's really gratuitous. Like the, and, the, and it's, and it's kids doing it, which mm-hmm, is, which I think yeah. is the funniest thing ever. Within the, within the first, within the first 30 seconds of that movie, Chunk goes, Oh shit. <laughs> That's like, it's right at the start. And we were both like, Oh, yeah, he gets his ice cream all over the window by that pole position machine. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's um, missile command, but they mentioned pole position. Remember that? What is that? Your score and pole position? Yeah. It's Corey Feldman burn. Yep, yes. it is. And so that that's what like, you know, and we had the same thing with Star Wars, Damon. We're like, we, we delayed showing our kids Star Wars for a long time because in the cantina, that jerk gets his arm chopped off. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm happy to It'll not let my, ch- yeah, I'm happy to not let my children know that that's a possible thing that can happen. It's <laughs> like, you know, like the movie's not that violent. Yeah, like I think the movie is fine. It's age appropriate and it's got a good message and good moral and the good guys are good and the bad guys are bad. Like, but you know, but even so, like we chose to wait another year or two as a result of scenes like that. Yeah. As someone with zero kids, take what I say with a grain of salt, but there is something that harkens back to childhood to me of having those moments of, I sh- this movie has an unexpectedly dark moment in it that is like, can't believe I got away with watching that with my parents. They let me do it. So like, yeah. there's still some sort of like warm spot it, it, looking back in hindsight, but yes. As a, as a kid, my parents were very adamant that I adhere to the ESRB ratings for games and movies as well. Yeah. yeah. I like That's the what... idea of a PG cut for um, <laughs> games because that, that I mean, legitimately, mm-hmm. that, that's a level of like potential accessibility and it expands mm-hmm. your audience. You yeah. know, if a parent could buy Uncharted and then strain out, you would have to strain out the violence. I'm not talking about the swears. I'm talking about the, you know, the, the, and that game is all about shooting. So that game wouldn't really work that way, but there are games that probably could work where, you know, you, you, you're reducing the game to puzzles and running and climbing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's in, in the three years since this email was written, think about how much accessibility options and games 100%. Have expanded. Like, yeah, I'm sure they could just, you know, have a setting where um, they, they bleep, they just, you know, bleep all the swears you could turn all the gun fire into like pew 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 noises or like or like you said sam that's pretty smart uncharted is like 
uh, little combat scenarios, and then you're on to the next yeah. climbing and puzzle section. Just yeah, take out all the combat scenarios, right? Yep, exactly. Absolutely possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, at least in the case of me and my family and children, like, it's less to do with, like, you know, is there blood or not blood when someone gets shot? Like, does blood come out? Like, it's more to do with the intensity of the situation and the peril the characters are in. And, and you know, they get freaked out. Like, they don't like it and they're not having fun. And that's what makes me think that it's, like, less age appropriate is they're not able to, like, enjoy it as a piece of media and be like, I'm having fun watching these characters, like, overcome an obstacle. Like, it just bugs them. Like, just their emotional development is not at the age where they can they can absorb that stuff. It's all fun stuff. until the Nazi faces melt off. And then you have a bunch <laughs> of crying kids. Or explode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Scream and explode. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Um... <laughs> Uh, Nick, uh, Japan, was that your first trip to Japan? No, this is my third time, but this is my girlfriend's first time. So this was like, you know, it's a thing we've been planning for a long time. The pandemic put a hamper in things, but we finally got to make it happen after three years. Um, so how'd it go? It's been, man, I think 2018 was maybe the last time I went to Japan. So it's been several years now. How, how is it post pandemic? Uh, I mean, it's honestly, right. It's, it's that weird dilemma, but for the most part, like the first time I ever went to Japan, it was just one of those things like, Oh, the people wear a lot of face masks here. And it really hasn't changed much more. So like if somebody isn't wearing a mask, they 
probably are travelers. They are foreigners to some extent, yeah. for the, but it's kind of just the comic consensus. Like, yeah, just put a mask on, dummy. Uh, <laughs> but apart from that, like uh, some cool marquee like game things that we did. Yeah. Uh, Super Nintendo World. That was the cool. first time I've gone. I went to the one in Osaka, which cool. was a wonderful time. Uh, I got to hear. I got to play Baby Bowser's uh, boss level thing that they have there, which is really cool. Bowser Jr. Um, they have a Yoshi ride that's exclusive to the uh, Osaka, so that was really cute. It, what like, kind of ride is that? It's very akin to something like um, the Storybook ride at like Disneyland. Oh, okay. it, it's okay. pretty similar, very chill. You just are in a Yoshi, a different colored Yoshi. Everyone gets to go in a different color, and it's very cute. You're in got, a Yoshi? Oh, my you're in God. A Yoshi. Yeah, you're riding on top of the Yoshi. It's very, very PG-13. cute. PG-13, uh, gutted we, Yoshi. It, <laughs> Unfortunately, we got Off the orange style. one, which sucks. I wanted the blue uh, one, um, but it was very cute. Like just, I like tears welled up while we're waiting in line because the the Yoshi's uh, Yoshi's Island songs or Yoshi's Story song starts yeah. playing. That I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is wonderful. Um, food was great, good time. There's Pikmin scattered throughout the Super Nintendo World too. If you know where to look, it's very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the high points for me was taking my girlfriend to a arcade in Japan. They still exist, uh, RIP yeah. Giant Sega building. But yep. uh, seeing her just play her first like prize grabber machine, her claw machine, and then I was like, "Come to me to the fourth floor. We're gonna play some <laughs> old games." So just like playing Dodon Pachi with her yes. and you yeah. know, Alien so versus good. Predator, the beat 'em up, and then my favorite though was me and her hopped on the L.A. machine guns, and we were just Ooh. giant machine guns just battling our way through the streets of, of L.A. It was so much fun just being able to share that with her. Very, very good time. Um, nice. O- only other thing to point out is uh, the retro game scene, because, of course, you got to stop by Super Potato. Uh, just pillaged. It, it, is, it is a former husk of what it used to be oh, man, pre-pandemic. So it used to be like bins and bins of Game yeah, Boys everything. that you could just like choose whatever you want. You walk out with dirt cheap. Everyone knows what their their games are worth now. Everything's so darn expensive. I got very close to buying a GBA Micro, but decided against it. <laughs> but uh, that's four hundred dollars for a GBA Micro. Oh, madness! Wow. Crazy. This was in Tokyo, right? Not not this was in Tokyo. Yeah. yeah, if you if you do absolutely want to actually spend money, I would say check out the Osaka one, which has a lot more stock than the Tokyo branch uh, and relatively better pricing. That that must be brand new. I was there four years ago, and there wasn't an Osaka Super Potato. Uh, I think the last time I was there was 2018 as well. I think it was there. I, I might be mistaken, but yeah, yeah. There was there used then. to be a Nagoya one, and then one in Tokyo. And I've only been to the Nagoya one, and it was. I went there looking for a specific set of things that I got, which was really cool still, but that was four years ago. <laughs> I got looking back now. Hudson oh, shot. You, yeah, watch. What'd you buy? I got the Hudson shooting watch, the little controller we used to have. Nice. Yeah. It's on the office. Yeah. The yellow thing got that. And they had multiple options, but I got the original one um, because they did like a reissue series, which are really cute. They're like little keychain size ones. Like, and I wish I would have just got those two now. But I also got Doki Doki Panic, and I really wanted it with this, like, the, the version you want to get has a Mario sticker in it, which is the oh. only thing that connects it to Super Mario Brothers before, you know, Super Mario Brothers 2. And it has, like, Mario with, like, you know, and, and, like, kids in Japan, like, kept their games in, like, perfect shape. 
a lot mm-hmm. of times and have all the inserts and everything. So like, it's really fun to like go and find like something like the, that pristine and together. Like what kid didn't in America, every kid would have used that sticker. There's no yep. way. There's just yep. no way. They would have just put it right on the cartridge too. Yeah. They, or, or they would have put it on their wall, like somewhere completely <laughs> skateboard. Yep. It's very cool. Right. One of these years when my kids are older and can appreciate it, I'll take them to Japan. And then, Justin, do I do I understand correctly? You you're back on World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, I am. This is I, and I feel like I can already like a month from now. It's going to be like, look, guys, it's fine. Like I only missed two of my kids' soccer games, and I only called into sick sick to work three times. Yeah, dude, World of Warcraft. They make it dangerous because, like, you know. You could actually see my tweets about it this weekend. I'm like, I'm thinking about getting back into World of Warcraft. And then I downloaded it and then I installed it and then I'm playing it. And it's free up until like level 20, which is actually pretty long. That's like several hours of gameplay. And then it's easy to pay 15 bucks. And it's like, bam, there you go. Like that funnel of like getting back into WoW, they make shockingly easy. Um, uh, The game is in a really, really good place right now. So, okay, okay, okay. Let me take a step back. Um, (laughs) They, uh, when the game came out, the level cap was 60. And with each expansion, they added 10 more levels. So like level 70, level 80, and your character would have new skills and new abilities. That was cool. It made sense, right? But it got sillier and sillier the longer the game went on by like, you know, your level cap is now like 120. And if you made a new character... Like they they accelerated how fast it would take you to get to level cap because they didn't want it taking hundreds and hundreds of hours. So like it was silly. Like you were just leveling up constantly, nonstop, unlocking skills. It's a bombarding you with everything. So they did they did two really smart things in the, in a row. One, they did a level squish where they reset it back so that the level cap was sixty again. So you know they stripped out a bunch of extra talents and skills and stuff that just just bloat from like people's character progression and made progression feel more meaningful again. But the second most awesome thing that they did was that um, the, for everything, but the newest expansion, the whole world just scales with you now. So for someone like me that like I dip in and out of wow, every, you know, six or seven years, like I actually checked, I haven't played the game since 2016. It's perfect. Cause I can make a new character I can go through the whole story of like, you know, the expansion that came out three expansions ago and I can level that character up from one. And if they reach a certain level, I can make a new character and just keep going. Like they finally fulfilled this vision of like, you know, make a new level one character and go through the wrath of the Lich King, make a new level one character and go through Mists of Pandaria. And like, it's very sort of uh player friendly in a way that like if you just want to chill out and have like a chill time exploring this world and trying out different character classes that used to kind of be pretty hard to do and now they they've 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 finally gotten that right after 20 years how how social are you when you play well oh i'm I'm very much playing it as a single player game yeah for sure like and that's fine like and we'll see like look the other thing you have like an obscene gesture when people try to <laughs> I just ignore them. And I'm also not playing on a I'm not playing on a PvP server, so you know it's fine. Like, but like I don't know, like I, I I feel like MMOs along with like sports games or whatever, they get put into some other category of games, right? Like, oh, it's really good for an MMO or whatever. But like wow, like going back to it for the first time in like six or seven years, I'm like, no, this is just a great video game. 
Like the music's really good. Like the character classes are actually pretty crunchy and fun to play and really distinct from one another. And the exploration is really rewarding and there's lots of fun secrets. The writing is actually really clever and funny and like just referential, but not in a way that like feels twee or stupid. Like, I don't know. I, I definitely have a newfound appreciation for it of like, I don't want to get on the gear treadmill of like, okay, now I got to raid and do all this stuff. And like, if you can play the game, not as a lifestyle game, but just treat it more like an RPG. Like, I I think that the game deserves more respect put on it than maybe it's gotten over the last five years or so. Like, it's really great. I've never played world of Warcraft, but I think it's very cool that it is still going 20 years later, still being updated, still has a community and, uh, it's just it's the best version of itself today because most games for 20 years ago are, are either just you know locked onto whatever system they're around hoping you know hoping that some, they'll get a remake or a remaster someday but what are what are yeah. Warcraft still there still going they, i do wonder so the game has native controller support now like if you just plug in an xbox controller like the ui changes and it just supports cool. your controller and mm-hmm. so i feel like like this is based off nothing this is just my personal speculation but like that means you're a half step away from the game being on consoles, right? Like if you get it working with a controller. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe like being on Xbox, if all Xbox goes yeah. according to Xbox's plans. Yeah. Like if we start, if we see WoW on Xbox and included in Game Pass, like, dude, that's awesome. Ah. Well, but like the, the subscription model is their whole thing, right? I don't know. I'm um, not sure how they can make that well, work. Well, or whatever. Like some, some, like maybe there's a Game Pass plus WoW, and then it costs less than the two cost sure. individually or something. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah, game's great. I'm I'm playing a druid. It can turn into a cat. It's great. <laughs> All right, I've got our next email queued up. But first. This is James from Washington, D.C. Uh, James asks, what do you think the chances are of getting a next-gen version of Breath of the Wild when the next-gen Nintendo console eventually comes out? I'm sure Tears of the Kingdom will be great, but I'd still really like to play both games on better hardware. Sam was already saying that you think um, they're going to resell Tears of the Kingdom to us when the next hardware comes out. Yeah, and like maybe a, 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 any other company would, would pack it in, but Nintendo yeah. would never do that. They will do that in 30 years. Uh, like they did with the Super Mario 3D collection, right? But um, yeah, everything gets into re- a remake and an HD upgrade and stuff now. Nintendo, unlike uh, many other games out right now, are still a generation behind on resolution. And now that four, when 4K TVs become, you know, the standard, um, which they're rapidly becoming, <clears throat> Nintendo will adapt and probably make things that scale to 4K because that's just what all processors will do by then. You won't be able to get something that doesn't do 4K. So it makes it makes you know the logical sense to uh, you know kind of upres this game and, and put it out on the next system, unless the next system is crazy and has crazy controllers. <laughs> you can't play any old games. And I remember that's always the risk with Nintendo. That, that's true. Yeah. Except it's hard yeah. to imagine them torpedoing like the the Switch has been such an incredible success. You know, but that's what, what people said about before, the Wii, Damon. the Wii and motion <laughs> controls. Yes, you're right. Okay, you're right. Yes, yep, you're right. <laughs> um. I, it's an interesting question. Like the Wii, the Wii, the Wii really is, or excuse me, the Switch really is kind of like a port machine, right? Like every single big Wii U game and mini Wii games eventually got ported to the Switch, and they get Nintendo gets a little bit of a pass from it because the Switch has this portable form factor where people are like, "Yes, I would like to have you know Pikmin three on the go." Um, yeah. 
So, you know, I'm a little bit less confident that they can get away with that a second time of like, okay, here's, you know, Breath of the Wild HD and now it's in 4K. Like, I I feel like the Switch is just a little bit of a special confluence of events that let them, you know, re-release nicer looking versions of Mario Kart and every other game. This might be optimistic on my part, but I, I kind of suspect the next iteration of hardware on the Switch will be more akin to something like a Series S to Series X kind of jump where they still play the same fundamental hardware, but thanks to some sort of retroactive update, maybe Breath of the Wild on the Super Switch will be like up-res letterboxed 4K, where, you know, or check, I'm sorry, checkerboxed 4K, where, where it uses a special like rendering technique to mimic a native 4K image. Because, you know, if you play a lot of Switch games now, whether it be, you know, Breath of the Wild or Kirby, there's parts of the game where, when you know, when you hold the camera in a very specific location with not a lot of stuff happening on screen, it wants to run at more than 30 frames per second. <laughs> um, and so I think that something like a Super Switch can unlock that potential of, you know, uh, in, in Kirby scene, in, in the, what's the Kirby game, the the new, not the 2D one, but the 3D one, the, the big open world-ish one, the, the whatever that game one? is called. Yeah, the yeah. mouthful mode one. There, yeah. There's portions that of that game that do Forgotten run in 60. Lands? Forgotten That's Lands. Cool. There you go. <clears throat> portions do run in 60 frames per second. It's just once you venture out into the giant world again, it starts to chug. So, like, I just think it's going to be stronger hardware that plays the same games that just will hopefully get updates for uh, first-party titles that, you know, maybe have a few more bells and whistles. Yeah. Nick, everyone was very excited after <clears throat> the, the last and final Zelda trailer came out. Does that include yourself? Dude, I was losing my mind. <laughs> I was on a uh, the Tears of the Kingdom trailer came out while I was on another shoot for IGN, and I woke up very early because our call time was very early. I woke up an hour before I needed to to make sure I could watch that. Uh, the, the The moment it happened, man, and I'm just yeah, I'm all in. This is exactly what I want. Uh, not not much to say other than yes, <laughs> very very hype inducing. Very exciting. I, I hope that they, um, <clears throat> on the next hardware, they can package both Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. It'd be such a cool package, considering the fact that they both like, share a very similar yeah. world and map. So that would, whether or not it's likely, I just think that would be a very cool they, package. They did do it for Ocarina and Majora's mm-hmm. Mask on the GameCube. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dude, what happens, what happens in Tears of the Kingdom if you combine Spear plus Meat? That's what I want to know. <laughs> You just get oh, those little skewers you can put over the fire that, that are already in Breath of the Wild, but now you get to do it. Nice. <laughs> there is a news item I want to discuss this week, and it involves Lord of the Rings Gollum. Is everyone up to date on this? Let, let me catch everyone up to speed. First of all, Lord of the Rings Gollum is finally coming out next month, May 25th. But it was announced in 2019. This game has had a long road. Uh, we didn't. Get, it was just announced in 2019. We didn't get to see the game until a year later. There were screenshots, and a lot of people were like, Oof, I don't know about this, <laughs> this the look of this game. Uh, it was a choice, let's say that. Um, and then as gameplay details started to emerge, a lot of us, it was just kind of like, why developer data? Like, why did they think Gollum was the, the right choice for the main character in a Lord of the Rings game? It seemed kind of strange. It would end up being delayed into 2022, and IGN actually wrote a pretty negative preview of it after our, our previewer got to see or play the game. It was in May of 2022. Well, then it was delayed again into 2023 sometime, and it was just in March that it finally got this May 25th 
release date. So it's finally coming out in less than a month. But now we've got word that um, this is so weird. There's a there's a special edition called the Precious Edition, and one of the perks <laughs> of the Precious Edition uh, is that all of the elves will be will speak their own elvish language. I think Sindarin is what, what it's called. Sindarin, yeah. And but only in the special the Precious Edition, not in the base game. In the base game, the elves will speak that here and there, but otherwise, if you're playing the game in English, the elves are just going to speak English. So they've like hit this feature this immersive feature behind the paywall of the precious edition which is ten dollars more which sounds so shady to me it's like the like they've already recorded it It, (laughs) why like why are you holding this thing back from the other players it's almost like they had this special edition but didn't know what to put in it and they're like i'll just throw just throw that that extra elvish dialogue that we recorded into there you're looking at this the wrong way damon okay what What you how you should look at it is that you should be able to pay ten dollars for any game to be fully enacted in Elven. <laughs> in this Elvish. is just the start of a trend. Yes, okay. Ten dollars, you get full Elvish. That's that's what I would like. Full <laughs> Elvish. Um, I think. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, they'd been working on this game for several years and delayed it and delayed it again. And like the subtext here is I feel like they figured out halfway through, like, oh, this is a bad idea for a video game. We shouldn't have done this. This doesn't make any yeah. sense. But now they're locked in. Um, no, I mean, the language thing, like, yeah, no, I agree with you, Damon, except like, but that's every like collector's edition and fancy edition has, you know, like a new outfit and a new costume and exclusive quest, yada, yada. Like all that's already in the game, right? And they chose to- how much to, it costs to like go to a voice actor and be like, dude, you got to do this again in Elvish. And they're like, no. Like, okay, well, we're going <laughs> to pay you more though. Like still no. <laughs> Well, what if we pay you this much, but we have to charge, you know, we'll have to figure out the well, finances. Yeah, except they could have just done that in the beginning. Like, they didn't have to record it twice. They could have just recorded Elvish for the elves. I but I don't, I, like, look, I don't, I, you're putting me in the weird position of defending Lord <laughs> of the Rings Scholar. <laughs> I do, like, every game has a digital deluxe edition that costs 10 bucks more that includes some quest, some NPC, some garbage that's, like, not in the other edition. So, I don't know, yes. it seems pretty normal to me. And, and I'm not I, saying I it's I'm good. I'm also putting myself in the position of, you know, like, I also don't just, don't, I'm not going to play this game. I don't care. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, it's just kind of, it's just, it just doesn't sit right with me. Like, it's, I don't think it's dissimilar than if in Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the aliens would speak English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless you yeah. got the special edition and then they'll speak whatever their alien language is. <laughs> they definitely, it is, it is dawning on me that these digital deluxe editions have to strike a balance between. They have to offer digital extras that feel worthwhile and like, ooh, I want that. But you don't want it to be so good that you're mad that it's locked behind this $10 more (laughs) edition. Like, so they have have a needle that they have to thread there. Mm -hmm. Give the man a new loincloth. Give him a cosmetic loincloth (laughs) upgrade. That's all all we really need. Do funny costumes for Gollum like like the rest of the games do. Give him a little top hat and a cane. (laughs) A monocle. I think think the problem with... Charging for something like the the Sindarin is just like it feels like it's almost detrimental to the story that they're trying to tell because typically if something you know if a culture is speaking another language and you know the the main character can't understand it there's usually a reason for that contextually so the fact that it's so arbitrary just feels like a I don't know what do we how do we charge somebody something uh uh charge them for elves they like elves right it, it just seems so yeah arbitrary and silly. Well, I'm, I'll play this game. I'm going to take one for the team. Okay. <laughs> well, what yeah. if it's like, 
Game of the year. 2023. What if? Yeah, what if it's better than Zelda? You, you will be ashamed like of your words how, and deeds. <laughs> I like seeing how people imagine uh, things that I care about in the uh, ah, so yeah. Lord of the Rings universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it so much when they make up stuff on their own and add it to the universe. So, like, how did you feel about right Shadow now. of Mordor with that kind of context? Like, you don't like it when they extrapolate yeah, that part and make was up corny, stuff. but the, the orcs were so good and the game was so fun, right? Like, it was just great. It's just like. There, it was it, it was kind of silly where you're like, oh, there's a force ghost and he made the ring. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. It's like there's a rule that there's a general He's inside rule. of you. Yeah. Like the rule of awesome is like you can you can bend lore or break lore if like what you're doing is awesome enough. People just won't care. Like, yeah. that's that's what that's the and like those Shadow of Mordor games definitely match the rule of awesome. We're like, no, like it's not faithful to Tolkien lore, but like it's so cool that people are like, OK, it's fine. <laughs> yep. And then they were never heard from again. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Italian. Well, we'll see. We'll see how things go for Lord of the Rings Gollum when it's out May 25th. This is maybe it'll, maybe it'll have Nemesis mode, unlike any other game <gasps> that's ever come out since. I mean, yeah. We're, what's going on with Wonder Woman? Nobody knows. <laughs> this is Brian Hurd Servant in Irvine, California. Says, I'm a bit of a newer listener to the podcast, maybe about a year or so, and I look forward to hearing your banter every week. There is one thing, though, that I have a question about. What is up with you saying nicely job or nicely attempt during video game 20 questions? Is there a story behind this? Please explain. Please yeah, explain. <laughs> this is lore, dude. This is lore. <laughs> yeah, this is lore. Yeah, I, oh, you know, this is this is episode 719. <laughs> so over the years, we've 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 developed some inside jokes over the years. Uh, and they just sort of like like snowball down the hill. Nicely job is just something dumb that I said after we were playing one of our games. I think it was GameScope, and that like somebody won the game, and I I just I just it was just a, a slip of the tongue. I said nicely job, and then it just stuck. That's it. So <laughs> we just we just we say nicely yeah. job. On it's a mashup of nicely done and good job. Yep. You yep. you hurt my heart saying episode seven nineteen. Like in my head, when people are like, "How many episodes of GameScoop has there been?" I'm like, "Oh, about six hundred. I'm only <laughs> off by a hundred and twenty. <laughs> yeah. Well, look. Please look forward to uh, next week's episode seven twenty when we uh, will be devoting the full episode <laughs> to the classic um, arcade yes. game seven hundred twenty degrees. Yes, music by Faceplant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So nicely job is that. Maybe maybe we should take this opportunity to explain some of the other inside jokes. Omega Cops is just um, an anagram of of Game Scoop. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. So is Goose Camp. So is Goose Camp, and so is so is a Scoop Jim. So is a Scoop Jim, and so is Go Mop a Sec. Someone, <laughs> yes, someone needs to cool down. Right, go mop excuse a me. Yeah. Go the, mop the, a sec. the the less frequently employed, but you know, <laughs> no less important. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Emag Pooks is game scoop backwards. Emag Pooks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, a little Easter egg is after, after, I, after I say, let's check in with the listeners, I'm going to read an email. Justin always says, Hey, listeners. Although that was, uh, I, that was a, we, I stole that from Greg Miller, to be fair. <laughs> there you go. That's how long we've been doing this show. We used to do the show yeah. with Greg Miller, who's now been at Kind of Funny longer than he was at IGN. Come on. Oh. <laughs> I know. Oh. I know. That's one of those facts that like Cleopatra is closer to the modern day. Than, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Are there any other inside jokes? I'm missing the, the, I don't, I don't remember why, how we started saying it was the only video game podcast. 
Oh yeah. I don't know what that. I, I don't remember the there's, origins. There's the there's the uh, dumping is illegal. <laughs> That's called dumping, and it's illegal. That's was from one of the older magazines. I think it was from when it was uh, between PlayStation and the Saturn. And uh, it was a Sat- Sega wanted to put up. Saturn. I think it was like Jack Trenton or something, right? Yeah, no, it was someone at PlayStation. Yeah, they, I thought, they I thought were it was worried like that Peter, the Saturn Peter was going to be priced too low. They're they're going to dump it, quote unquote, at a very very low price just to undercut their competitor. And the the exec from PlayStation was like, "That's called dumping, and it's illegal." Yeah, or maybe <laughs> he said it's against the law. We always we always yeah, misquote it, but we ours do is misquote better. it. But I like saying that's called dumping. And it's that uh, makes helps the show make a little bit more sense to some of our newer listeners. And that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Whack from a redacted location. Why hey, is Damon, this... what book is behind you? Is that the Super Nintendo one? This I have that one. This is the Atari 2600 and oh, 7800 Visual Compendium. Ooh. Also, I, have con- I contributed to the NES and Super Nintendo ones. Oh, yeah, I, I saw your name in them. I have both those. I was kind of surprised when they showed up. I was like, what? I'm currently bookmarked on it's so, so cool. Air Sea Battle. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I love the uh, graphical uh, spreads they do in, yeah. in those compendiums. They Actually, did a great job. I learned about something completely new from reading this. The, you know about the Venetian Blinds demo that Activision made for <laughs> no. the Atari 2600? No. It was, it's an FU game. They made it as an FU game, and it has something to do with you know Activision... Uh, going the yeah. employees going on their own because they weren't being credited, mm-hmm. and I don't know the the specifics right off that, but they made this demo to prove a point, and it's called the Venetian Blinds. And look how cool it looks, and it oh, works. Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to get a, a, the glare off. It works. The control you can use the controller to raise and lower these blinds, Venetian blinds, and there's this like awesome looking gradient sunset in the background. Should should be impossible on the 2600. Yeah. That's yep. what makes so, this amazing. And you can watch this demo. It's on YouTube. Just look up Venetian, uh, you know, Atari 2600 Venetian Blinds demo. It looks so cool. I can't believe how cool it looks. It's awesome. It's like, yeah. I don't I think, vapor, my windows. I don't think Vaporwave is still a thing anymore, but it's the most Vaporwave thing I've <laughs> seen in a while. I named my newsletter Paperwave. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let the questioning begin. Uh, did this game come out in the 70s, 80s, or 90s? No. Um, did this come out for the Xbox 360 era of games? No. Is this game what? on Nintendo hardware? Yes. Uh, it's weird that their location was redacted. Was this game published by Nintendo? No. Is this game playable on the Nintendo Switch? Yes, that's five. Ooh. Well, that narrows it down to everything. Yeah. <laughs> was it was it originally released like contemporary to the Switch era? Yes. All right, we got a Switch game. Not published by Nintendo. Was this designed or developed in Japan? No. Was this game also on um, uh, other yeah. systems? Yes. So it's multi-platform. Came to Switch. Is this an indie game? Yes. All right. So we got our Stardews and our Bindings of Isaac and our Meat Boys. 
Is this game played from a side 2D side scrolling view? No, that's 10. Does it have pixel art? No. Ooh. Man. Maybe like a Rocket League or something? Do you play as a vehicle? No. It's probably not Rocket League. <laughs> probably not. Okay, so it's not, it's an indie game, but it has, it may still be 2D, right? It could be right. like paint, painterly or something. Yeah, but it, yeah. but no pixel art and no side scrolling. No side scrolling. So it could be top down like Hades, right? Right. Sure. Yeah, or or three D or isometric, like you know, any anything else. Twenty sixteen. Damon won't be able to answer any questions about that. I think it's um. Did this well, game get a nine or above on IGN.com? Yeah. Ah, uh, oh, that's a good one. I like that. Well, new one, new one, <laughs> new material for this nice spring episode of Emag Pook. Is this a, is this a, I'm trying to go for game genre here. Uh, Just do three. Just pick three genres. Is this a racing game, puzzle game, or fighting game? Yes. (laughs) You're not in in a vehicle, so it could be fighting. Puzzle or fighting. Is this a fighting Mm -hmm. game? No, that's 15. So it's a puzzle game. Or a racing game where you're just running real fast. <laughs> where you're on foot, yes. <laughs> there was that Sonic racing game where you're on foot. But that was um, not, con- that was that from the-, the 90s. <laughs> there's, like, there's like 20 Sonic and Mario at the Olympic Games. Um, so, we're, so we're saying it's a puzzle game, but then, okay, but, but then which kind of puzzle? Like a puzzle game, like a... Like an action, like a like a moving blocks around quickly in a frantic way puzzle game, or like I gotta stop and think puzzle. Is game. Is the newest Tetris on? Uh, Tetris Tetris Switch? Effect is yeah, Tetris Effect I, connected on? I think I think Tetris Effect connected is on Switch. Really? I don't know. I don't, if it's on, I don't, I don't know. know if and it's then on the Switch. The Tetris ninety nine was on Switch. But it wasn't on other things, right? Yeah. Right. Is it? Uh, should we just ask if it's a block? Yeah. Puzzle game? yeah. Or should we just ask if it's a puzzle game just so we don't screw this up like no, some star? But we know you're not in a vehicle and we know we eliminated the other uh, fighting game thing. So it's definitely a puzzle game. And we only have five questions left. And and maybe me, maybe that's the death of us, but like you know. <laughs> Would fine. you call this a block-based puzzle game? No. It could be a point and click puzzle game. Maybe something like a Baba is you type. Could be like a Baba is you type. Does this does this game have like story elements to it? Um, it's like a story. Yeah, it's like a, light, it's like, like light, lightly, light story elements. So, but that eliminates like a point and click adventure game is where I was trying to get with that. But Damon gave us; he was generous. Yeah, and it would eliminate like a puzzle bobble, right? Yep. Yeah, or Puyo or whatever. Unless they have some weird cutscenes in between. <laughs> um. Oh boy! Made in America too, or made yeah, outside and- of Japan? I guess we know. Um, maybe it may, uh, what about mobile games that could have ended up on Switch? 
Yeah, that's a pretty good shout. Um, I'm having a hard time thinking. <laughs> just gen- just in general. Yeah. So and like, it, he, it came to other stuff too. Although didn't it's get, e- didn't get good scores either. It sounds like. Well, not a nine. Not not like amazing. Mm-hmm. So, but no block pushing, but has you know kind of light story elements. What does that leave us with? All I can think of is like Professor Layton type stuff or Henry Hatsworth. There's like a different type of game underpinning it. I or it's a racing those, game. Yeah, or it's a racing <laughs> game. Exactly. But you're not in a vehicle. Um, I would call it Layton more than Light Story, though. Definitely. There's the uh, there's the uh, um, Pokemon Company's horse racing game. Oh, pocket card jockey. Else. Yeah, love that game. Super fun. Yeah, they came out with an Apple Arcade version of it that I played. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Um, that would that it, would fit all the criteria. <laughs> it, it changes the uh, the poker gameplay to solitaire. Oh, but, interesting. Uh, but everything around that is the same. How weird is that? Um, oh boy, how can we? Yeah. What it, does I don't even know. Is this okay? Is it worth knowing if game. it's a multiplayer or not? Is that helpful? Yeah, like what if it's like I, I don't know if this would count, but like what's like Slay the Spire? Or like what about are there any strategy games that are kind of puzzly? Like um mm. Yeah, Slay the Spire is not bad if Damon would call that a puzzle game. I feel like that would it he wouldn't call it a puzzle game though. Yeah. Jeez. Two questions. I don't think of any puzzle games. <laughs> Two questions and a guess. I don't know. And I, I should say, uh, I'll, I'll throw you a bone. The question was, is this a you know racing puzzle or a fighting game? And it's true, it was one of those, but like also kind of something else. But for the purposes of the question, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of two different types of genres but yeah i think justin was kind of trying to suss that out from the kind of separate it from point and click so it's like yeah but we don't know i guess it could be like a die no because that's story based anything with like lots of dialogue right yeah light story what about um like a puzzle platformer like celeste yeah although that's pixel art but yeah i like that or like, well, like, no, t- it's not a platformer though, right? But it's a. That. But or what about like Takitori? Yeah, that, Lemmings, for example, is a puzzle-based yeah. platformer. Battle Chef Brigade. Mm. Except for that's two D, but like something in that general vicinity. We got. We got to ask a question. I don't know where to go. Same. Um, I don't know. Should we ask if it's like a cute game or like a sci-fi game or does it, does it have, does it, is it, does it have multiplayer? Yes. Whoa! I don't know what that does. That does something <laughs> that's making me think about like a Tetris attack style game, but like, but not, you know, but not blocks. 
Is there some head-to-head puzzle game that doesn't have blocks? I mean, there's Puyo. Yeah, but that counts as blocks. They're just round blocks. <laughs> oh, boy. Are you getting trouble? Made logistical. Yeah, it's also made in Japan, clearly. So, I don't know. I need a Hail Mary here. I, I don't really know where to go with this. It depends on how mean Damon was being with that blocks answer. Cause there's like, cause there's like, cause there's, cause there's grindstone and like, it's not technically blocks. They're little monsters, but like they're basically blocks. They're just blocks with personality. Oh, it could be great. I'll show you. I was not being mean. Okay. Okay. Well, I think we just need to give up after another question. So what about shovel Knight pocket dungeon? Or what about, um, uh, Steam World Dig. Yeah. Or Shovel Steam World, the, pixelated. The, the Steam World card game. Are those on other platforms? Yeah, yeah, they are. So any of the Steam Worlds? Yeah. That, that's I mean, just, you could ask. Is it okay? Are we at that point? Are we at the Hail Mary point? Yeah, sure. Is this a Steam World game? No. No, I'm afraid <laughs> Okay. That brings us and to I our think guests. That was it, right? Yeah, we give up. Everyone's just giving up? Okay. Let's pick I mean, a racing game and guess it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Can you think of any? Maybe it's I, a, and you I'm don't struggling. play as a vehicle. <laughs> All right. Well, there's uh, a game yeah, called Speedrunners where you race on foot, and it is multiplayer. Yeah. Okay, go for it. Is it Speedrunners? It is not Speedrunners. No, no, no. Aww. I think you'd consider this a puzzle stealth game. And it was developed in mm. Australia, released in 2019. The Aragami. Still don't know. It's Untitled Goose Game. Oh. oh. So never got we were that. on the right track with the adventure part, right? Mm-hmm. But it yeah. is light on story. Yeah, no dialogue. Just the goose goes on a little mischievous adventure. That's the story. Sometimes we used to ask about cell shaded graphics too. That would have been nice. For oh. us. Graphics style. And then we gave up. I gave up on asking about camera angle, but I bet if we would have landed on the isometric camera, we could have made. You said better. isometric and it like, it resonated with me. I was like, Oh, yeah. we gotta, we gotta ask that. Sometimes you ask if he plays a human, if, if you had learned that you play as an yeah. animal, I'm sure that would have been. Yeah. That's a funny one. Um, I'm surprised we didn't give this a nine. I thought I got a higher score. I lo- I think I, this game is so good. I love this game too. Mm-hmm. And I only know this because I looked right before we recorded. We gave it an eight. Okay. Just missed the cutoff of your question. Yeah, but I love this game. Yeah, an all-time great for me. I I just really adore it. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. hard, and it's cool to solve the problems in it. It And it has a good ending, too. It ends in a satisfying way. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, the goose becomes Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Oh, and if you didn't know, they uh, passed in multiplayer after release, so two people can play. That's insane. I did not know that. You can play two geese at the same time. Oh, that's so, <laughs> yeah. so stupid. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Well, nicely attempt. Thank you, Wack, from a redacted location. He redacted it from even me. So I don't know where Wack was writing from. Oh. And I didn't know that game was made in Australia either. I didn't either. Really. I didn't. They don't, you know what? I, I just like New Zealand or something. The developer House House, they haven't released a game since. So like, uh, that was three, four years ago. They bought like, their yachts and retired. If you release a game like that, you just retire. Yeah, it just makes me excited. Like, we're probably not that far away from, like, whatever that team's working on next. So that's always fun. 
viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggest- suggestions for Video Game 20 questions, email them to me. Email address. Gamescoop. Not like that one. That one is <laughs> crap. <laughs> email uh, games that Sam can guess. Roughly, they, they should be released between the years 1980 and 1989. <laughs> yeah, I borked that one last week. Make <laughs> uh, it with Star last week. Ah. I don't know. I don't know if you know that one. That's the that's the one with the scary VO, right? At the, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The I VO that's that. in the theme song for this very show. <laughs> it's like, well, oh. I haven't used that one in a while, but yeah, but still. Anyway, uh, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you to Tayo working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. That's all the scoops we have for you this week. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.